Tiara and I would like to acknowledge that we are currently on the land of the Darug and Gurungai people. Sovereignty was never ceded, and this always was and always will be Aboriginal land. everyone, welcome back to another episode of Not To Be Controversial. I'm Varsha and this is the amazing, fantastic, wonderful... Oh lord. Hi, my name is Tiara and <laughs> I'm with the wonderful, fantastical, amazing Varsha. Thank you, thank you. Just the compliments are really, really lovely. <laughs> <laughs> so today we're going to be talking about identity politics. Now, I'm not going to lie, I didn't really know what identity politics meant I mean like I knew what it meant but I didn't really know what it means so I had to look it up like two seconds ago so this episode is really on the fly we have put up some polls and stuff on our story there so hopefully your answers will guide this conversation and Tiara you can lead it <laughs> but before we get into any of that obviously we need to start with our check-in so all of you listening how are you doing how's your week been have you been happy, sad, I don't know, all over the place, a mess of emotions? I hope you're taking care of yourself. If not, <laughs> Tiara, how have you been? How's your week been? I've been good, just working and doing uni assessments, um, waiting for the restrictions to ease so I can start having a social life again, you know? Mm -hmm. What about you? Um, well, just on the social life thing, I think Tiara is one of the most sociable people during lockdown. Like, I've never seen anyone have that many FaceTimes, have that many phone calls during a lockdown. I, I don't know how you do it. My social battery is drained after one phone call with a friend, and I'm like, I think I'm good for today. <laughs> so. <laughs> Very literally, sometimes that is me. No, but okay, I just, I just don't know how you do it. Well, you go and you do that. <laughs> this week has been a week of realizations for me so I'm feeling really really good today I realized that I absolutely love Daniel Radcliffe and I think he's a phenomenal actor not that I didn't think that watching Harry Potter but now I mm. just really appreciate him and I watched a movie called What If that he stars in and it's just so beautiful and he's just amazing so really fangirling over him I've been obsessed with the Met Gala, which we actually will talk about in this episode, which I'm so excited for. I kind of told Tiara, I was like, we need to talk about it. And she was like, yeah, I totally agree. <laughs> um, and then what else has been happening? Oh, you know when something's like on your mind, like Tiara's already heard this massive rant from me, but now all of you will hear it. But I guess something was just on my mind. I was stressing about like, what am I going to do after uni? I'm going to be a mess. And had a really long conversation with my mom who like helped and comforted me and then Tiara and another friend as well. So I'm feeling really good and not as stressed. And yeah, that that's kind of been me. I'm doing pretty well. Yay. Should we get right into it? Yeah, sure. So... I'm going to preface this by saying that politics is a spectrum and we will be focusing on identity politics specifically today, but we're probably going to be a bit um, over the, all over the place because politics like itself usual. is a spectrum. Yeah, like usual. So let's get into it. So what exactly is identity politics? Identity politics are political ideas or efforts to encourage political activities based on someone's membership in a particular identity group. So your race, your religion, your gender, your class, etc. 
The term is most frequently used with a negative connotation because it builds the idea that identity politics is merely a means of segregation or go against going against each other and making it harder to talk about actual policy. However, it can also be positive to describe political appeals based on problems uniquely faced or experienced by people in certain social contexts. Take the civil rights movement, for example, or feminism. Like Vasha mentioned, and like we do every week, we've put up a couple of polls and questions, which thank you guys for replying to. I had some like really fun conversations with people and some really like, mm-hmm. oh, oh my Jesus, like I, I'm really surprised that happened conversations. Like a lot of them were juicy, but I also kind of wanted to throw this question to Vasha. Vasha, mm-hmm. have you ever not been friends with someone or had to like break off a friendship with someone because of politics? I'm gonna say no, cause oh, this is just so tricky. I was trying to think about this earlier when I saw you put it up on the story, and I was like, I just don't know. I think I'm definitely distant from people due to political views. Like, I guess there are family members that I'm more distant from, or people that I'm more distant from, because I'm like, I I just can't cope with your stupidity. Mm-hmm. Like to put it very bluntly, like the fact that you're so homophobic, the fact that you don't get racism at all the fact that you're a big misogynist I just can't deal with it and I feel like in high school you kind of learn to deal with it in a sense because I definitely had you know friends of friends or like friends people were dating or anything like that um not even in high school but just like otherwise where you're like I I know I don't really like you but I'm just gonna let you stick around I guess and I'm just gonna put up with you and I think I've always felt like I've been the burden though, if that makes sense. Like, I guess being labeled as a really climate change person or whatever, mm. it's kind of like, oh my God, she's not going to shut up about it. But in in reality, if you know me on a personal level, I don't really talk about any of that. Like, I'm, I don't have conversations with you about how you need to recycle more or anything. Like, that's just not me. But I've always yeah. felt like people think think that about me so I feel like I'm a greater burden than them being homophobic or whatever which is completely messed up and I realize that now but yeah okay I don't know where I've gone on this question but essentially I don't think I've ever broken off a relationship and been like I'm not going to talk to you but I did unfollow a few people who I was like you're just mean and you don't actually have good politics um Mm, yeah yeah I think um, some something that a lot of people commented about is that the personal is political. If you study politics or law, that is probably a quote that you've heard multiple times, but the personal is political and often someone's politics will reflect their views or their values. So I tend to be iffy with people that are very... Um, that are very... like So people that disagree with the fundamental things Mm. like I don't think I've never explicitly broken off a relationship because of deferring values or perspectives etc but it wasn't politics specifically but I did have an encounter with a dude once in year 10 keep in mind this was in year 10 right so hopefully we've all progressed and grown take it back but he made a really distressing comment about 9-11 And I remember just standing there thinking, I can't be friends with you anymore if you genuinely hold such uh, truth to such, like, if you genuinely held such truth to such harmful, untrue and disgusting rhetoric, then you have shit for brains. It's the same with anti-vaxxers. Like, if you can't get behind the basics of science, then there's not a lot that we can, especially during the COVID world, there's not a lot that I can gauge with you because our values are so different of course I would I have never 
like I said, explicitly cut off the relationship, but I have distanced myself because once again, politics is political. And I think that when it comes to things like that, like anti-vaxxers and people who are just misogynistic and homophobic intentionally and genuinely believe that bullshit, I've slowly like pushed myself away from them because I don't align with them. Mm. No, that makes a lot of sense. On our stories, 64% of you said that you'd ended a relationship because of differing political views. That's a lot. Like, that's a quite, that's more than half of the people. That's a shit ton. And I also put up on our stories, and I put up on our stories, do you judge a person based on their politics or is it about their personality? And 57% of you said that you judge a person based on their politics. And we had some um, reply to these things as well, so I guess... We shall read them out now. So one person said to, what was this? Whether you've broken off a relationship. And they said, I think this depends on the person's openness to changing their views and having a dialogue, but also the extremeness of their views. I think I can tolerate some differences, but I draw the line at certain issues. Yeah, I agree. What do you think, Tiara? I think, um, yeah, I agree. I agree. They've pretty much hit the nail on the hammer wait hammer on the nail nail on the don't 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 quote me please (laughs) oh my god then another person said not due to those beliefs but but another person said not due to those beliefs but because they can't respect mine i think that's perfect i honestly don't have a problem if somebody doesn't align with my views like obviously i want you to i want you to believe climate change is real like a normal human being human being I don't, I don't even know just like a person but if you don't but if you can respect mine I think I'm willing to kind of accept that obviously if I'm gonna hang out with you every day then probably not but on an acquaintance level yeah because politics is a spectrum right and we'd be so bloody boring if we all had the same beliefs like even if we are in political discourse. Be the devil's advocate. Challenge me. Let me see your perspective. Majority of the time, I'm not there to argue with you. I'm here to understand each other's point of views. So honestly, I'm glad that I do have friends that may not have the same views as me because that makes it better and we get along regardless. But there are some people where they they hold certain beliefs and I'm like, nah, piss off. I can't be friends with you. Mm -mm, I totally agree. And I don't know why this is, but I find a lot more, like, political apathy with guys. Maybe that's a massive generalization, but I think, and I think, okay, this is how I want to say this. I think with guys, it comes across as, like, I am just too cool, I just don't give a shit about politics, but then with girls, it's like, oh my god, but, like, I just don't care about politics, you know? I'm, like, an apolitical person. I think it's a very, like, quote-unquote feminine or, like, timid way of coming across, being like, oh, I just, I, I don't really know much about politics, but with guys, it's very, like, macho, alpha male, like, oh, I don't give a shit, like, I, I make up the rules myself. Do you get that, or am I just delusional? <laughs> um, so I would say that I've definitely had past experiences with men who weren't as politically intu- attuned as me, or ones that genuinely give a shit, and that's both men and women. I have mm. been in, like, uni classes, for example, oh, and people have said shit started. like, I don't watch the news. It doesn't apply to me. Number one, you're really privileged. Number two, shut the fuck up. Number three, I, like, grow up. But, but, currently, a lot of the dudes that I know are hella politically informed, even more politically informed than me because they genuinely give a shit. But I do see that 
um, kind of behavior pattern of dudes not care or just people not caring about politics because it doesn't apply to them and maybe it is an inherently masculine thing I'm not entirely sure I haven't had enough interactions with people but I do see where you're coming from yeah I think with women it's just a much more oh I accept my submissive place in this world I accept that I can't change anything and therefore I don't care about politics but my male counterpart when I find him he's going to do that for me almost. And it just really frustrates me because I'm like, I think that's kind of what is perpetuating a lot of political apathy in general. The fact that women feel like they don't deserve to know about politics in a sense. I think that women have been excluded from politics, if this is true, I think that women have been excluded from politics for so long that they think it's second to them or that it doesn't necessarily concern them. But the most like political give a shit about the word people I know majority are female so I've never had an experience Mm. with that but I do see that in a lot of older generations so like our uncles and aunties and like 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 mommy g's and everyone like like all of our grandparents like all would I think if they like the traditional grandma probably would be like that Mm. because I know mine doesn't know what politics is (laughs) I just find that like I guess looking back on high school friends or just friends in general at uni and stuff, you just never see a woman, or even when she's talking about her political views, you never see a woman being like, I believe this and that's it. But with men, you do see that. You do see men being like, oh yeah, but you know, Trump did this and Trump did that. Or, you know, whenever they're talking about a left-wing issue, they will really push it. But with women, it's never like that. And if they do that... I guess this kind of goes back to what we were talking about a couple episodes ago, I don't know when, but about that whole like assertiveness sort of thing that women are taught not to be assertive. So when we do have values and when we do feel strongly about things, we're still told to be like, I think this, not I believe in this. You still need to use that really subdued language of, oh, you know, I might be wrong. I don't know. I think, okay, so in terms of, assertiveness and kind of because I do this I dance around my um solidarity when it comes to certain issues like I will always when I and this is a me thing because I'm a people pleaser and I don't like making people sad or angry at me but I will always hint at oh like I'll drop it I might be wrong but as someone who does have certain political opinions and feel very strongly about them I have been in a politics tutorial setting and just ran ran my mouth. Like, I have no issue with that. And I feel like you wouldn't either. That's actually not true at all. So So, I do a law degree and my major is government. So in one of my classes, one of my friends, love him, but he was like, oh, who's in government again? Yeah, I just don't care about politics. I mean, what can I do anyway? And my friend and I, my friend who was female, was we just gawked at him and we were like, what? What did you just say? And the thing is, like, we didn't say anything, though, because it's just like, I don't know what to say to you. And mm. another time was I went over to a family friend's house and it was a husband and a wife. And the husband was like, oh, why are you vegan? And it was kind of that like, oh, you're just like a stupid teenager who doesn't know what you're doing. You're doing it for the trend, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, kind of, you know, it was very, like, undertoned, I guess. And I was just like, oh, you know, I I don't believe in this and I don't believe in that. But I guess if a woman had asked me that, I would have been a lot more assertive in the sense that I would have been like, 
do you want to know about the the industry and the dairy industry? And do you want to know about how bad meat is for the environment, etc.? Obviously, if you're not vegan, don't hate you or any, anything like that. But that's just my personal choice. But mm. yeah, I don't know. I just feel way more attacked, I guess, when I get asked by a man or when a man says something that I don't align with. I tend not to respond, I find, which is really frustrating and something I need to work on. But yeah. Yeah, it's because of our society's patriarchal context and history Mm -hmm. and also current context that women may feel unable to speak up. But honestly, if you do, it's 2021. Obliterate the bitch. Like, just just speak. Just speak. Once again, like, speaking is freeing. Speak your mind. As long as you're not hurting anyone, who gives a shit? Like, that's my advice to everyone. Yeah. So we actually got a reply to our story about the friendship question whether you've broken up a relationship because of politics and one person said yes I have my best friend of eight years and I were hanging out at her boyfriend's house on his 21st I was really drunk but I said I hate men in a conversation the party was made up of seven out of ten guys so they ended up looking at me weird we got into an argument as to why that's not a correct phrase to use so I defended the saying by saying that of course not all men but majority slash over 50 percent are annoying the boyfriend's friend retaliated by saying what percent of women are annoying because you're one of them crap oh my god okay (laughs) um I was clearly drunk and not in the mood to have an argument But yeah, the boyfriend high-fived the friend who said that and my best friend sort of did nothing. The next day when I brought it up, she got defensive and sort of victim-blamed by saying, you brought that upon yourself and that sure men are gross, but so many women are gross too. Lol, we had an on-again, off-again friendship, but since that incident, I always was unsure about her friendship. Um, We have really different worldviews. I guess growing up, I never realized it and with that incident, it was eye-opening for me. This May, I texted her to ask for a break because her friendship was not it. And yeah, never looked back since. And to be honest, it just be like that. We all outgrow people. And I think identity politics is just a, a really clear way um, of outgrowing people. What do you think? No, I agree with that. It's hard to, especially when you're friends with someone and it's a group context, you you're more like you say things because you're comfortable with your group of friends and you think that they align with you or whatever but you know it's fine sometimes you just outgrow people Mm. I think it's really difficult as well when it's like a friend's partner who you don't really like because it's like what do I say I like you as my friend but I don't like who you're dating oh if it's like Um, a family member for example I used to be so careful because keeping up family relations and whatever so I hold no ill will to them but sometimes it's really difficult with these things because you feel comfortable you should feel comfortable with what you're saying to your friends but sometimes they'll have alternate views to you and that's fine but Especially, like you were saying, Vajra, when it comes to, like, your friend's partner. It's like, I like you, but I don't like your girlfriend or I don't like your boyfriend. And it's like, how do you tell them that? Because that's, see, that's a slippery slope because opposites can attract. So even if you do have different politics, you can still get along. But it's also how you come across. I don't know. I don't, okay, I don't believe in that. I think that if you are okay with abortions and, like, if you are 
pro-choice and your partner is pro-life. Like, that's not okay. What if you one day need to get an abortion where your partner is going to be like, oh no, that's a fetus and it's already alive. You can't get an abortion. Like, I'm sorry. I'm not dating. Like, I love your, like, you love your partner, but it's not their body. So ultimately, who's stopping you? No one. Yeah, but I just, I think, especially when you're dating someone, I feel like a lot of what you envision your future around is based on your values Mm, and yeah i think there's a limit if they're gonna be a complete tory and and vote for like right wingers all the time i'm not gonna be okay with that because i think we will just be different people if that makes sense yeah and it's a slippery slope Mm. speaking of slippery slope vasha i'm gonna throw another question at you Mm. what do you think about identity politics i hate it So I think you need to be in a really privileged position to, first of all, identify as anything politically. And the moment that I realized how dangerous identity politics was, and the first time that I even realized it was a thing was when I entered uni, because I I don't know about your university or your school, but I go to Sydney university and my gosh politics oh is a massive thing on campus politics student politics like oh i love the people that are involved in student politics i love you like i love you like do your thing but i'm not even in like student politics and it, it, the vibes the vibes you know the vibes Marsha. so <laughs> i did student politics for a year and i think it definitely suits some people and doesn't suit others like i have no you know, like, hate for anything or, you know, whatever. But I think it it does come down to a lot of, like, identity politics a lot of the time. And I think this is even in proper politics. So, like, you know, the the politics or the politicians that are supposedly leading us today, even though they do nothing. But I think we see that there as well. And for me, what really, really gets to me is when we're fighting issues like climate change or when we're talking about things that, you know, we really need to come together collectively in, we tend to divide ourselves. We're like, oh, who's more left? Are you a socialist? Are you a Marxist? Are you a Maoist? Mm. Are you this? Are you a Leninist, a Stalinist? Like, I'm sorry. Like, I understand that you want to identify as something and label yourself with that. But at the end of the day, we're all fighting the same thing. We all have the same objective of, like, climate justice. You're all fighting the same fight. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And that all goes away due to identity politics because we become so divided and my theory is the reason that the left has not you know really really been able to make significant changes and the reason that things like climate justice are completely getting left behind is because the left is incredibly divided and i hate that we have to politicize things like climate justice in the first place but if we are going to then i think it is because we are so divided in the left we think that we're better than others that a revolution is going to happen that a revolution is not going to happen that we need to be more radical or less radical and continuously fighting over that just shows how much privilege you have and i find that people who you know, are really immersed in identity politics, at the end of the day, you are in a really, really privileged position and you're probably really apathetic to everything else because you can't see past your own echo chamber. Like, going and yelling at pro-lifers or whatever is not going to solve your solution or going and yelling about how you want to get a revolution or do this and do that is not going to help anything. At the end of the day, if you're not coming together to solve issues, what are you actually doing and what are you here for? Mm, yeah I think no I agree because I think 
Identity politics actually erodes society. I find it fairly dangerous because I see it how I see it in my motherland, so Sri Lanka. So I'm going to preface this by saying I am Sinhalese, but I sympathize with the Tamil diaspora because the Sri Lankan government is just a bunch of Buddhist nationalist nutbolts that use identity politics to their advantage. And if my aunties and uncles are listening to this thinking, Tiara, you're a second-gen immigrant whose parents fled state-sanctioned civil war, you are one of the lucky ones. Why are you speaking out about something that doesn't directly concern you? And my answer to that is, because I listen to other people and I see the importance of looking at things beyond face value. But it's true. They are pro Sinhalese identity and it is nothing but divide and harm people. This is the danger of identity politics. Um, so the current Rajapaksha government, they push Sinhalese nationalism. How, you may wonder? It's the conservative men, it's the conserv- conservative Sinhalese men that make up their legislature It's the lack of Tamil voices in parliament and it's the way they try to use legislation to tell Muslims what they can and can't wear. As we saw in April 2021 when the Lankan cabinet tried to ban the burqa and they cited it as a national security threat. This is what identity politics does. The emphasis of Sinhalese nationalism has led to the lack of transparency in human rights violations. So, for example, there are thousands of Tamil people that because of the civil war, They've gone missing, but the government refuses to investigate or compensate the families. It's the latency in transitional justice and peace building, and it's the complacency in policymakers when they know of issues affecting a minority but sit idly by and do nothing. Why? Because the majority is fine. So this is why I think that in many instances, all identity politics does is breed division and hinders an effective democracy. I don't think it advances society at all because... You're so, so fixed on identity that you separate people. And the only thing I can think of where it is positive is probably like the civil rights movement or like the feminist movement. But now doing more research on it, I can see how bad it actually is. Mm. And yeah, like you said, I just, I don't think it aids anything. I think it's completely stupid and... I also feel like you're just dividing it even more by identifying as something. And I think especially when you're going to identify something as specific as like a Stalinist versus a Marxist or whatever, I'm sure there's significant differences. But at the end of the day, like you you believe in climate change, you want to fight climate justice. And I understand that I'm oversimplifying this. I'm not going to bring up, I'm not going to bring up, you know, the communist manifesto right now or anything like that. But I just, yeah, I just really hate identity politics. And I actually wanted to ask you about something because I obviously am really, really into the Met Gala. I'm so, so, so obsessed with it. You have no idea. I've never been this into like Met Gala fashion or anything, but I watched every interview that Emma Chamberlain did. I watched video about the fashion critique, (laughs) everything. I've been all around it. And I wanted to know your thoughts on AOC's Tax the Rich dress. So in case you don't know, AOC is a congresswoman in the US and she had to go to the Met Gala. This was part of her duty um, as a politician in that area. It's not that she paid $35,000 for a ticket or anything like that, but it's part of her job to go. And she wore a dress that said tax of rich on it and she also borrowed this dress and it the dress was made from a company that's like black owned businesses, I think. So I just wanted to know your thoughts on the dress, Tiara. 
Um, I'm gonna, I think, okay, before I even get into the dress, I think mm. that AOC is, I love her. She is, mm. she will do America well. And it's really unfortunate that her fellow policymakers are shit turds, but I think she'll do really well. I also think she is, I remember once I was watching a clip of her on Facebook and she described identity politics very well because there are two sides of identity politics one side wants to preserve Mm. the conservative traditional status quo that historically has only protected white identity and white straight cisgender non-trans christian american identity the other wants to carve Mm. out an opening for other ethnic groups to be more accepted in mainstream america so black people immigrants lgbtq plus members muslim americans to name a few but That's why I think that identity politics is a slippery slope, right? Because it could go either way. And she explained it really well. Um, So I just want to put that out there. I'll try find the, um, I'll try find the clip so we can link it in the episode description so you guys can watch it. But her dress, I think a lot of people are really harsh on her dress. Do you think so? I, I, I don't know how I feel about it. What do you think? Did you like it? I respect what she did. Like, I respect what she did. I also can identify that she was invited. So she didn't pay 35k to be there, like you said. Like, probably Frank Ocean had to pay 35k to be there and Camila Mm. Cabello had to pay 35k to be there. I just think it was... I don't want to say this because I really like her. I just think it was done a bit poorly. Yeah, what do you... Okay, so why do you think that? I think it was done poorly because... Okay, she could have designed it differently. What when I first my dumbass when I first saw her wear it, it said I thought it said Tathery, and I was like, is that like is is that something in a like different language? I don't get it. But also, you're literally rubbing shoulders with a bunch of billionaires. If you were going to have a message of that nature, you could have been more explicit, and you could have done more with it. Okay, what do you think she should have done? And that's the thing. I can't tell you what she should have done. I can't mm. give you a design that she should have uh, put together or tell you what the dress should have said else. But I can tell you that I believe it didn't do what it was intended to do. And I'm not even trying to sound like a someone with heaps of political knowledge or that is a fashion icon, blah, blah, blah. I just think it was done mm. poorly. It's just something about it was distasteful and I don't know what it was, but it was just like that. But I know that you would, I, like, I feel like Vasha has a much more put together response for this and I obviously agree with her. I was just so, so, so interested in this and yeah, like I said, the Met Gala kind of just caught my attention and when I saw AOC's dress, I was like, that's amazing. And initially I loved it, but then looking into the deeper meaning behind it and looking at what other people thought about it, I kind of can see both sides. First of all, I am really done with people saying that she paid too much to go there because it's literally, she needs to. It's part of her job description. So that's it. Like, nobody fight that. That's done. Second thing, I I think taxing the rich, yes, that's necessary. But at the end of the day, I think the root of our problem is capitalism. And I think taxing the rich just feeds into the cycle of capitalism. So from an anti-capitalist standpoint, I don't think that dress really did much. And there was one quote that I kind of wanted to read out, but I thought this encapsulated it 
really well because I think it was quite performative in a sense. So Mark Fisher, who is an anti-capitalist. So Mark Fisher wrote this. He wrote, Capitalist realism has so captured public thought that the idea of anti-capitalism no longer acts as the antithesis to capitalism. It is instead deployed as a means for reinforcing capitalism. This is done through media which aims to provide a safe means of consuming anti-capitalist ideas without actually challenging the system. The lack of coherent alternatives, as presented through the lens of capitalist realism, leads many anti-capitalist movements to cease targeting the end of capitalism, but instead to mitigate its worst effects, often through individual consumption-based activities. And I think that's kind of what this stress does. Like, while I do think taxing the rich is a solution in a way, I don't think it really addresses the root of the problem. But in another sense, I do also think that wearing a dress that says tax the rich to the Met Gala, where I'm sure, I guess in a general sense, most of the population isn't aware of how badly capitalism is ruining all of our lives. Yeah, because they're a bunch of billionaires. Like, they all are rich. Yeah, but I think even if you go beyond that, like, if you walked down the street and met up with your average Shreya, I don't think she would know. Mm, yeah, 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 you're right. So I think from that standpoint, this dress did do something. But at the end of the day, I, I don't know how I feel about it. I just think there's like a massive problem with just saying tax the rich. And like, I do agree that we need to. But yeah, I obviously I'm very divided in my own opinion. But I just don't. Yeah, yes, I don't same. know. Yes, I'm, I'm really divided too. And I remember, I think it was New York Times where she responded to the backlash. And she said that with great access comes great opportunity and she kind of saw this as a way to get her message out as someone who is at the seat of a very privileged table you'd say in terms of being in government mm. and having a platform and the ability to speak out against all these inequities but it's something about it just didn't seem right and I agree with Varsha and what she said it's just something about it was distasteful but I have to give her props for what she did and how she did it. Yeah, exactly. And the thing is, like, if she hadn't worn that dress, if she just worn, you know, what, whatever else, like... Oh, yeah, we would have shat on her if she wore something, like, normal. Yeah, and then we'd be like, oh, my gosh, like, these rich people or, like, whatever, just, like, nothing would have happened. We wouldn't have even been having this conversation about taxing the rich or capitalism or anything like that. So I think that dress did do something. And I think it did start a conversation, and sometimes that's what you need to do. So all in all, like, yeah. I... I think I applaud her for this because, like, I don't know what else I would have done in that position. So, yeah, like, I, I don't think we need to be hating on her. I don't think it's anything about that. But at the end of the day, it does feel like we're commodifying anti-capitalism, which I don't like. Um, it feels like it's kind of becoming this really mainstream sort of thing where we're all activists and we're all fighting for this. Oh, and I just have to mention this, but Tiara, have you heard about the new show where we pit activists against each other? Oh, I don't want to talk about it. Has Priyanka Chopra. Oh my Chopra. gosh. Oh, and like Usher and Priyanka Chopra and I think somebody else are the hosts of this show. And basically it's kind of like, it's kind of like The Voice where you put activists against each other to compete for resources and funding, etc. And it's absolutely stupid. And 
Priyanka Chopra has been criticized for the, her lack of activism, and I don't think Usher is the epitome of activism. What and the fuck does Usher have to do with activism? I'm sorry, when has he ever spoken out about anything yeah, like, he has? Cool, but like... <laughs> all I imagine him doing is being like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's all. To make a show out of this, like, they better cancel it soon because it... I, I, I Like, you're, first of all, I get that you're what you're trying to do, but I'm sorry you can't make a competition out of activism because real activists, advocates and community leaders literally work around the clock without being compensated to advance the protection and rights for their majority of the time, minority communities, people and our planet. So by sh- making a competition out of it, not only do you minimize the impact and the nature of activism, but why is this something that you need to make a competition out of, is the question. I totally agree. And I was listening to a podcast this morning, Culture Club. They're so, so good. Um, and they were talking about the show. And one of the activists who was approached, she was essentially made to cry. She was made to feel so bad because she had a bunch of interviews and everything to go on the show. And she obviously declined at the end because she was like I'm not going to do this but the director or whatever kept saying like we need you to tell your story in a more emotive way we need you to do this and she ended up crying on that interview and the director was like oh yeah this is what we want is that what we've come to where we're going to commodify things like social justice and I think our government already does a great job at completely ignoring us I don't think we need the media to do that any more than it does either they do a great job at that, yeah. It'll only make it worse. And I think the people, besides Brianka Chopra, that worked on the production of that show clearly had no idea who they were hiring because the only thing Priyanka Chopra is an activist for is Hindu nationalism and nuclear warfare. Oh, and and in this podcast I was listening to this morning, in one of her interviews, Priyanka Chopra said that she's not a political person and she tries to stay away from that because she considers herself a quote-unquote humanitarian. And I'm like, no, no. Like, In that interview where, in an interview where she was told, where she was asked what she identified as, she was like, I'm just like a global citizen of the world. And it's like, shut up, Priyanka. No one gives a shit. You literally have not done any, like she is a global ambassador for peace or was or is, but she's also so controversial. Like, no, she worked for UNICEF Mm. for a long time. So I get why they hired her. But if they really scrutinized her character and all her past controversies, then they'd be like, holy shit, I think we've hired the wrong person. Yeah, and also this show is just so stupid. Like it's, it's literally the Hunger Games. Well, we're going to, is this a capital now? Is that what we're doing? Is this District 11 or whatever, District 7? Who's, you know, who's a tribute? It just, it seems absolutely absurd to me. Apparently Priyanka Chopra is the tribute, she's gross. Gosh, no, no, Priyanka Chopra is like Effie or someone, or like those those crazy judges. Oh, uh, you know what? I I say that. It's, it's, it's just, it's, like, if you think about it, did have you heard uh, pertaining to the show i know we're jumping in and out guys sorry but just pertaining to this activist show i haven't heard anyone genuinely support it no not at all and i think what really annoys me is labels like activist or advocate or whatever and 
I feel like they're very gatekeepy because it's kind of like, oh, I'm an activist. And I feel like when, when I started in the climate movement or just even like started opening up about mental health and stuff, for me, it was always like, oh, what credentials do I need to actually be a legitimate person who fights for social justice? And I think that's all the show is doing. It's really perpetuating that idea of you need a certain amount of credentials, you need a certain amount of Instagram followers, a certain number of grassroots campaigns you've worked in, and then you're an activist, and then you can come on the show, and then we'll approach you. And if you don't have that, you're really not doing anything. Yeah, that's what I hate about it. People gatekeep the shit out of activism. And it's like, do whatever you want. Use your voice. And not only that, but think about it. The Mm. show is, like you said a activist like advocacy activism whatever hunger games and it's like read the room we're in a global pandemic there's a climate catastrophe we're in a global economic recession there's issues surrounding reproductive rights in texas and there's violent racial inequities in palestine and all of these countries it's kind of like they're saying oh this is your cause this is your cause Tell us which one is the most worth it. Let us make a game out of your trauma and real world issues. That is the issue I have with this because I like you see the angle that they're approaching it from and it's it's just pitting people against each other to create some sort of, like you said, oppression Hunger Games or oppression Olympics. No, they're going to take someone off the show every episode. I think that's how it works. So it's very much celebrity apprentice voice. X Factor, whatever you want to call it, MasterChef vibes. And I don't think that's what we want to be doing to people who are trying to make a difference in a positive way. It just, yeah, I don't know. I am very frustrated with this show and I just... Read the room. That's all I can say to whoever like produced it. Read the room because there are various issues in the world, social, political, religious, and we don't need a game show to figure out which one is more important, which one deserves funding, which one deserves resources, whatever the fuck. I don't know. It just makes me angry because they literally made a Hunger Games, like you said, out of real world issues. I have no words for this anymore. It's just, it's awful. And I have no... I don't have any disregard or anything for the contestants going on the show because when you're approached with things like this, you're constantly being told that it's an opportunity of a lifetime and you can really make a difference. And don't you want to just get your activism out in the worldwide, wide world? I don't know, whatever it is. So I have no ill will towards the contestants going on. I just think the producers of the show and the celebrities on the show need to have a think about what they're doing. Mm. Yeah, that that's my thought on, on identity politics. <laughs> yeah, and that's my thought on identity politics. And I think you could gauge that we both hate it and we both think it's stupid and it just erodes society and divides people. There are instances where it works, but it's, I for the most part, I don't like it. Yeah, and if you think there's a positive in identity politics, please let us know because obviously our opinions are not the end-all and be-all, but... I guess from our experiences, this is kind of what we've come up with and we just hate it. <laughs> mm, and as not just that, but as two women of colour that have been in certain spaces, you kind of see why, Avasha, correct me if I'm wrong, how identity politics comes into play, why we may need it and why it's detrimental. Yeah, no, I totally agree. And... 
I, I've seen the divisive effects of it and I think it's something that we still struggle with and I think it just, it continues on and when you're a person of color or when you're queer, when you're disabled or when you're a woman, you're already put into a box and kind of put at the back of the room. So when you have identity politics as well and you need to have this label of an activist or a Stalinist or whatever, 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 I think that becomes even worse and you put yourself in more boxes and it's harder to climb out and at the end of the day when you're fighting for things like climate justice it is such an intersectional issue and you can't afford to put yourself in a box and quite frankly we're we're a little bit too late to go and try and label everything like just do something about it don't try and define everything just go and do something and I'm, I'm not saying you don't need a plan or a strategy or anything but we're on track to 4.5 degrees of, of temperature rise and you're worried about whether your friend or the person you're working with identifies differently to you even though they have the same objective it just makes no sense to me mm, yeah yeah <laughs> should we wrap there yeah should we end it there i i think so i think so if not this episode is just going to be me being angry the whole time <laughs> Okay, I'll wrap it up then. Thank you guys so much for listening and thank you guys again for your responses. We actually got to talk to quite a few of you about identity politics and sharing our experiences. That was really fun. It is really fun. It's our favourite thing. We love it when you reply. Um, make sure to follow us on Instagram at n2bcpod. And Vasha, any parting words? Hello. Can you hear me? Tiara, you there? I think you cut off. So Tiara's internet just went down, so I'm going to be recording the outro. More time for you to listen to my voice. <laughs> but thank you so much for listening. We endlessly appreciate you. We can't believe anyone's actually listening or even just voting in the polls and replying to our stories and everything like that. We're so, so, so grateful to have you. And we cannot wait to talk to you all again next week. So take care. Stay safe. Bye.